Hey team, welcome to the Coach Keith Brady podcast. On today's episode, we've got Travis Church joining us. Um, so for people that don't know you, Travis, uh, give us a little introduction. Yeah, firstly, thanks for having us on, Keith. It's been, uh, been a long time coming, something I've been looking forward to for a number of weeks now. So just a little bit about myself, uh, Waikato boy, born and bred. Um, Tamaru um, Gwyn Shield, then uh, went to Hamilton Boys High School, um, represented uh, Waikato in probably every age group, um, up to uh, ITM Cup squads and things like that. Um, yeah, that's a bit, little bit about myself. We'll you've, do that again. Eh? You've even, you've even, <laughs> uh, no, no, that's good. You've even, um, you've worn the fern, Travis. So tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's something you never really forget. Um, I guess there's a moment that probably comes to mind. I, I sort of don't really remember them, but the first actual test match um, we were playing Ireland um, in Durban. Um, Absa Stadium. Um, walked into the into the changing sheds, and back in those days, we still had liniment. So anyone that been in a old school rugby shed will know exactly what that smell smells like. But uh, the most powerful thing, probably in my whole career, was walking into a room with black jerseys with a white fern on it, and um, knowing that you're about to pull that on and run out run out in, in a foreign country. Um, and represent not only your, you know, your country, but your family and and everyone that's helped you sort of get to that point. Um, yeah. Oh, that's good, bro. That's good. Who were some of the um, the big names in that team that sort of pushed on? Oh, there's a couple of big names in that team. Um, probably one of one of the most. Uh, well, one of the most well-known rugby players still still to this day was Kieran Reid. Um, he was actually playing blindside flanker back then, um, but he wasn't he wasn't captaining our side. Um, Jamie McIntosh, um, Lucy Prop, big whopper, um, big man, big heart. He was uh, he was our Lucy and captain. I think he'd been in the side for about three years before we had all got there. Um, Richard Kahui was. Uh, was one of one of our big, you know, big time backs um, that was that was playing. Yeah, um, he's over here now. He wants to jump on the podcast too. He wants to jump on. I said he's got to line up and wait. We got a few big names to get on before him. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, with your playing career, so once you you sort of went to. France for a little bit. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I did. Tell us about the uh, the lifestyle and what the rugby was like there. Yeah, 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 for sure. A um, little bit different <laughs> to what I was used to, that's for sure. Um, played for Fraser Tech Prem straight out of school, out of first 15. So um, my coach, Chris Ellis, um, used to be a Waikato 10, uh, well-known 
player and coach, he was always saying to us young props that you don't um, you don't become a prop until you've witnessed or, or played in France. So I always had that on my mind. Not too sure if it was the best advice, but I took it on board and um, uh, managed to land um, a bit, bit of a contract in France. I think I was um, 19. Landed in Paris, got picked up from a couple of strange men. We drove all the way to, um, all the way down to a little town called Avignon. Uh, I don't know, it might have been 12 hours after a 30-hour flight. Um, I just remember getting there and them wanting me to train that night. And uh, yeah, no, it was definitely an eye-opener. Something I'll never forget. Um, The rugby was just raw, rugged. it wasn't uncommon to have oh, five, six yellow cards and a red card or two every game. Um, but what I learned from that was, um, I guess, growing and living outside that comfort zone. Um, we didn't have the luxury of Facebook and things like that back in 2004 and 2005. So calling home was a was a phone card with about 32 digits. So, yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. different. What was it like? Um, because they say scrummaging and stuff like that in France is huge. What was it like? Yeah, I guess it's different. Um, it's about who was the tightest. It's about head butting. It's about a lot of standing up, a lot of chest on chest type pushing. Um, so yeah, they pride themselves on their forward play. Um, and definitely scrums. Um, in those days, there was no. Um, crouch bind set it was crouch pause and basically go for it um, you know one meter sort of run up type sort of stuff so yeah definitely uh, an eye opener Keith nice nice and then where did you go after that did you go back home and play or did you go straight to um, Perth in Australia straight here yeah it actually worked out well um, had a season uh, here in, in, in the Waikato, then shot to France, then shot straight back. Would have been around March for a New Zealand Colts trial. Um, I always knew I sort of wanted to get back that following year and trial for New Zealand Colts. But uh, what happened is I ended up dropping about 20 kilos in France and come back looking like a loose forward. So that didn't help. But um, yeah, straight back into another season with Fraser Tech. Um, actually another two seasons I think and then I um, I did something that um, is really frowned upon I um, I left Fraser Tech and went and played a season um, for Marist actually so yeah yeah it's yeah. good it's good that story about that isn't it are you going to share that story or, or is that just is that, a, is that a story for another day about the car Uh, yeah, <laughs> good guy, good coach, uh, friend of mine, Watani Wainga. Um, yeah, interesting story. I, I won't go too deep into it, but um, jump ship went to, went to Marist um, for certain reasons at the time, young, etc. But uh, no regrets. Um, got to Marist on day one, got a new club car. Met a couple couple of new mates, playing mates, and one of them was Watani Wainga. Um, 
we decided to get in the car. And I think at, at that stage, um, Maris had started a lawnmower business. I got to drive it. Um, peak hour traffic, done a few lawns, peak hour traffic. Footpaths and Wire and I were sort of cracking up and nudging each other. Just so happened that um, I forgot about peak hour traffic, the car stopping, and I was probably still doing 30, 40 kilometers an hour, laughing and beeping out to Sean Bothway on the footpath. And Bonfa hit the car in front, head hit the window. I looked to Wire, he looked at me, he said, You've killed me. And I said, Well, you're still talking. By the way, he sort of come up to the window, gave me the fingers and ran off. So, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> wow, that's good. And then, yeah, so what brought you to uh, Perth? Yeah, and I guess, uh, like everyone, a few setbacks. Um, had a couple of uh, knee surgeries. Just got back into the swing of things, and our season was finishing. Um it's interesting. I had a tap on the shoulder um, from our old club captain, Gapper, and mentioned, look, I don't know what you're up to. Um, there's an opportunity over in Western Australia. And back then, I didn't even know where Western Australia was. And all I knew, it was in Australia. And um, I was either going to play Waikato Bees or get on a plane and head to Australia and at the time I sort of needed a break away. Um, I thought I could use it as a little bit of a holiday, playing holiday and ended up um, flying into Perth um, and interesting story. I didn't know until I got picked up from the airport from the um, Netherlands president at the time. We went back to his house and um, we sort of started talking about the team and who was in the team and Nathan Roberts' name come up and I was pretty stoked to, to know that um, – I'd reconnected with him um, or was going to reconnect with him. And turns out we re reconnected later that night and um, over a few beers. Sweet. And how long were you, um, were you in Perth until you um, moved to Sydney? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a bit of a journeyman, Keith. Um, <laughs> I have an idea Pops up in my um, wherever with man, but um, from there I shop stuff, and I was um living in a house with still had my room um with them while I was living in Perth, and um so I thought um the right thing to do would be to go back and break the news to the boys that um be back for another season, so packed up and shot back to Perth and um, I think it was pre-season so I hung around for a couple of months um, at that time I was sort of um, had been in and around the sort of academy sort of stuff with the Western Ford and that, but um, this would have been the third NEOP yeah, 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 that's heaps with that knee up, what was your um, what was your mindset like after that last knee up? To be honest, um, after my second one, Keith, um, really good knee surgeon. He was doing all the top 
um, sports or athletes in New Zealand, he basically said, look, you, you need to stop. Uh, you need to, you've, you've got to think about your future. So he ruled me out of ever playing again at about 21. Um, so I just, you know, I didn't want to take no for an answer or I thought I knew better. I thought I'd, I'd come right. But yeah, headspace wise was um, back in those days wasn't really talked about. You know, it was either toughen up or run through it or you'll be right. Um, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was tough. Sweet. And so then, yeah, you went to Shoot Shield. Hey, what club were you at when you were playing Shoot Shield? Yeah, yeah. So I shot back to Marist again. I uh, had one more season at Marist, um, and then uh, actually had a really good season and got um, got picked up. Chris Gibbs um, uh, selected me in the in the ITM Cup sort of preseason squad and things were going really well. Um, and then bang, I did my knee again. So for the, for the fourth time, um, this was the fourth time. And with that, went straight in, had another clean up, had another op um, and had, was actually quite lucky this time. I was only sort of a month on the sideline, come back, played Waikato B's, um, finished off the season really well and then got an opportunity to go to Sydney um, I didn't know too much about Sydney um, rugby. Um, so, yeah, just jumped at it, got on a plane and landed in Sydney and um, went up to a little place. Well, not a little place, but um, went up to um, the North Shore there, a place called Chatswood, um, Chatswood Oval, um, Gordon Highlanders um, Rugby Club. So, yeah, that's where I ended up at, at the Gordon Highlanders. Yeah. Um, like for... People that don't know much about like the lifestyle and things like that. What what was it like? Um, that Sydney lifestyle. Yeah, it was fast paced. It was fast paced. There was um, we had a good, a really good crew at Gordon. Um, a lot of Polynesian boys, a lot of Fijian boys, um, a couple of guys I knew from back home. Um, yeah, we had a re- really good group. But outside of that. The rugby is all about the rugby, and then I really liked, enjoyed the social side, mingling with um, opposition teams after the game and things like that. And one thing I did notice um, coming from New Zealand and then Perth, um, there wasn't a lot of that interaction with other teams. Um, There wasn't a lot of that sort of friendship and that um, after-game sort of stuff that us Kiwis tend to um, enjoy, sometimes a little bit too much. Yeah. Sweet. And, um, yeah, so from Gordon, where did your sort of joint journey go to after that? Yeah, so I was at Gordon for a couple of seasons. Um, really, really enjoyed the rugby there. The, the level of rugby in the shoot shield was... Yeah, what's the level like? So who would you say, who would you be playing against, like, on a random week you could potentially be playing against? Yeah, and, well, in 2010 and 11 when I was there, it was the... It was in, it was pretty much the NPC um, for Australia, so it wouldn't be um, quite often we would have well we'd play teams that was all Super Rugby players, so right throughout. So you would have uh, Warringah Rats, um, you'd have Norths, you'd have Sydney Uni that would have um, Super Rugby players playing right down to this you know second and sometimes third grade. Um, that's how deep or how much depth they had 
Um, I remember Southern Districts playing against the whole Wallaby front row and Tetara Falkner, um, John uh, Ulanir and Dan Palmer. Um, so days like that were pretty cool to be able to um, test yourself against, um, you know, internationals and up and coming internationals. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good, bro. What's um sort of like? What was your team like when you were playing for them? We were when I got to Gordon. I actually chose between um, Gordon and Manly, and um, I had a little bit of advice from uh, a Sydney local. Um, Gordon were always top four in those days, and I guess the year I came, it was sort of more of a middle of the middle of the table sort of team. Um, a lot of those guys had actually won. Um, it was like a like a NPC tournament the the year before that they had trolled, and um, a lot of guys from Gordon and Norths were in that um, in that um, that team together. So actually, we had a, we had a lot of them, but it sort of wasn't the first year I was there. Two thousand and ten, we were about middle of the table. First round, uh, we finished quite high and second round when you get all the super rugby players back um, the level just goes up three notches and um, we sort of got left behind a little bit but moving into the second year um, yeah we competed really well and went really deep into that um, into that competition but once again um, I think it was leading into the 2011 World Cup and I remember playing Sydney Uni and there was four or five Wallabies sort of warming up um, for that World Cup, and that you know, that's where they were playing, sort of thing. So, yeah, it was um, it was really nice to to play against some, um, you know, those type of calibre player. So, yeah, yeah. So from there, did you go back home, or did you go come straight to Perth and play? Yeah, so I shot back to Perth. Perth was too good. Um, a lot of lifetime friends I met in WA. Um, so it was one of those places I always knew I'd end up back there but it was just a matter of when. Um, so, yep, straight from straight from Sydney, um, got on the phone to Tony Ball. Um, Ballie mentioned, yep, we want you back over here, and I, I jumped at it. So, um, yeah, I think it was 2012, um, straight back to Netherlands, um, played our first game. It was quite big for me. Um, good friend of ours passed away, Mike Denton, and the first game... Um, we played when I got back to Perth uh, was against UWA. Um, so anyone that, that knows the rivalry between Netherlands and UWA um, will know exactly um, what I'm talking about there. So yeah, first game of the season, big game, UWA, um, we got up. So that was a, an awesome yeah. start. Wow, yeah. That's good. And did you go on to win it that year or was it the following year? Yeah, so we fell short in the, the grand final that year. We um we had an awesome run into the semi, probably played our grand final in the semi-final. Yeah. Um, we had to travel all the way down to Lark Hill, down in Rockingham. We played Soaks and we pretty much just blew them off the off the field. Um, absolutely everything clicked. Um, we went away from there on the bus, and I think in our heads we thought we um turns out we played them the following week again. Um, and uh, sorry, um, two weeks later we played them again because that was the major semi-final, um, and we lost a real nail biter, a real close one. 
one I'll never never forget because uh, yeah, it meant so much and yeah, uh, yeah, really tough to take that one. Um, following year, um, we had a really good season again. Uh, the Lions were on tour in Perth. We played a um, we played a game before the Lions played the Western Force against our old uh, enemy um, Cottesloe. Um, I think we won something like. 6-3 or 9-3, it was all penalty kicks. Yeah. Uh, later that year, we played them in the final. And um, I think out of three or four finals for Nettie's, it was the first one I had been involved in um, where we, we had got up and we'd got on the right side. And So that's really special. Yeah. Um, Sweet. So with, um, like with your playing sort of slowly coming to an end, when did you sort of decide that you wanted to be a coach? I always knew I wanted to um, help and, and give back to the sort of grassroots. Um, initially, I really wanted to um, be involved um, with with young young players around that sort of 12 to 15 um, year old and I managed to a good friend, good family friend of ours um, and club legend of Netherlands, um, Mark Drummond, um, actually um, asked me if I'd be interested in in helping with him doing a bit of coaching. And, and that's how it all started, really. Um, yeah. yeah, so very, very thankful and um, grateful that, um, that Drummo sort of, I suppose, uh, you know, sort of opened up my eyes and, and sort of, Helped me in that direction of coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, what um, what team did you sort of coach to start with? Yeah, it was the um, Netherlands under fourteen team. Yeah, um, dealt with. Yeah, so um, very, very good team. That team been together for a number of years under Mark Drummond and um, head coaches uh, like Tommy Fern come in and, and help out along the way. And um, I'd sort of. Um, uh, my nephew um, had flown over from, lived in New Zealand, flown over a couple of times and actually played for, for Drummo and, and his team. And um, we went up to Singapore um, for the Centaurs tournament and, and, and things like that. So, yeah, I sort of um, knew a lot of the, the young, young men in that team and, and sort of followed them for a couple of years before I managed to um, get in and help Mark out. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So then you moved back to New Zealand Um and tell us sort of like how you got into coaching back there and sort of what sort of path you went down and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, moved back to New Zealand. Um, the first first year um, I got back was more more finding my feet back in the, in, in the Waikato, um, getting around, actually watching some club club rugby and, and really fell in love with it again at that um you know, that real club grassroots, um, Fraser Tech versus Hamilton Old Boys type grudge match. Um, yeah, fell in love with it. And um, at the time, a friend was coaching um, over at Maris, Maris Bees, and he asked if I'd come and come and help him out and coach the Fords. And I shied away from it. Um, timing wasn't really right for me, and I was really enjoying I went down to watch Fraser Tech play quite a few games um, and was sort of really enjoying following them around and having a few beers with them after the games and, 
and things like that. And that first year they actually made the made the um the grand final and so went and supported them. And yeah, it, it wasn't until the following year um that the same friend gave me a phone call and asked if I'd come on board with him. He was going to be the head coach for Taumaru Sports. Um and asked if I would be his forwards coach, set-piece scrum, uh, look after that sort of area. And because um, because I went to Te Aumuru Intermediate and I'm from from TA, um, never never actually played for Te Aumuru Sports. Um, I always knew that, look, it's a, it's a country, uh, you know, it's a country club, it's a community, and um, I'd really like to give back because I'm from there. Um, and, and that's how I got involved, really. So, yeah, really thankful to, to get involved that way. Um, and uh, I suppose very thankful that I could go straight into Prem's um, Premier. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so with that first year with you being at TA Sports um, as an assistant, sort of how did that sort of pan out for you guys? How did you go that season? Um, and, how yeah, how did it all work out and all that? Yeah, really tough actually. Um, initially, um, it wasn't until January and uh, January two thousand and twenty, um, where I actually said yep and and committed, and then right looked at our roster and as coaches do, player profile. Who do we have on our, you know, who do we have on our roster? Who's coming? Who's going? Who's staying? Plenty of rumours around that time of year, especially when two new coaches, sorry, three new coaches. Um, were coming in so plenty of rumors and um, and things like that um, looked at the list and uh, at the roster list and actually there was um, not a lot of um, players that actually showed an interest that they were that they were actually willing to play um, in 20, uh, 2020 so that was tough um, and so striking up a plan from there um, it's typically too late trying to get um, and recruit that time of year so close to the season. So, um, yeah. Yeah, sweet. And so, obviously, last year was a, a COVID-affected year and all that stuff. Um, sort of what learnings did you get um, from that? And also, tell us about the, your, a little bit about your IRANS course that you've done. Yeah, yeah, obviously, COVID was... Um, a massive um, learning curve and shock to all of us. You know, uh, none of us had been through anything quite like it. Um, I do remember we had a really, really good preseason um, and and managed to really start building some culture with with uh, with the group we had at TA. Uh, uh, we had a really, really strong preseason game, and and the boys were coming together really nicely. It was. Pretty exciting. We had Shane Cameron um, was coming down to do a preseason, um, bit of a resilience type session, um, goal setting, um, and, and talk about you know his his um, his setbacks in life. And, and one that comes to mind was the David Tour um, Shane Cameron fight, and you know it was sort of a bit of a closed room. I won't reveal yeah, anything. Yeah. It was really nice to get insight from a professional athlete and. You know, rugby is a team game, um, so we're very lucky to have so many team members, um, coaches, 
all around us, whereas, um, you know, an individual sport like the fight game is, uh, it's, it's one-on-one, you know, it's just you in there. So um, that was that was big for us. Um, there was a Thursday night, and I think the Friday, we re- um, the news broke, and um, when we, were, we knew we were going into lockdown, I think we had two or three days um, to prepare for a, for a month-long lockdown, I, I think it was. And, yeah, really, um, it hit us all pretty hard, you know, because we, we've been preparing, like most teams, been preparing well um, and really looking forward to, um, to taking on, um, you know, taking that season front on. So, um, yeah, tough, tough times. But looking back, Looking back at it now, um, we actually stayed together really tight as a group. We um, we had a bit of a competition where we split off into groups um, on on WhatsApp, and um, we everyone had to contribute. With um, it was the first team to run from Southland up to um, up to the Waikato. I can't even remember how many k's it was, and none of us even got close. But every day, whether we're on a on a mountain bike or, or walking or running, we sort of um, it was sort of one way that sort of kept us together, really. And when we come out the backside of COVID and um, to a shortened season, um, it actually was quite easy to get the boys back up for it. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good, bro. And then, so, yeah, with that, then you move into sort of your course. So how did that go? Yeah, Irons was um, – I really, really um, rate – the Irons course that I was on and, and, and always have had good feedback from um, other coaches, emerging coaches, experienced coaches, any coach at all. So I really, um, I really rate my time I had down there. Um, and I really, I believe I learned, um, you know, a lot, a lot of good tools, um, you know, even from from off season to pre season, you know, season campaigns to, you know, there's there's all sorts of stuff that um, that you learn down there that um, that could take you know many years to to pick up. So there's a lot of experience down there. Micron, um, Colin Cooper, um, you know, all these types of guys that you can tap into. And one really enjoyable or, or one really good thing about New Zealand coaches. Um, is they are really willing to share their knowledge with each other, um, which I find is is huge. Um, as when we're playing, um, you know, I, I like to keep my little tricks and things like that close to my chest. Whereas a coach, I, you know, one thing I really like about the coaching community is if we can help another coach out, um, you know, we will. So yeah, I, I've I've got to applaud um, applaud that. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, you've done that last year and then sort of moving into 2021, how did things sort of go with you sort of taking over as head coach and things like that? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a, a very long off-season, um, plenty of time um, in recruiting new members. We we talk about our... Um, um, about our setup and our environment um, a lot. And it's a, you know, a lot of people talk about a club, you know, we go and play for a club with us. It's a, it's a family. So um, culture, everything's based on culture, um, family, core values, you know, aligning, um, aligning with each other. And, um, 
you know, living up to our team core values, really. So, um, you know, that's pretty special. But, um, yeah, um, we were very lucky to have a lot of um, a lot of talent um, join us um, out of some really good schools, um, not only around Waikato, but around New Zealand. So, um, look, everyone came together really nicely and um, still a very, very young group. Um but our experienced players really stuck their hand up um, this year. So we've we've got a few really experienced players, a couple that have played well into their 100 games for for the club, um, which is, you know, in our day and age, to have those sort of caps around in club rugby is just invaluable, you know, like it's, yeah. it's just, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've just, a couple of weeks ago, actually, the season finished up and... Um, Congratulations to Fraser Tech um, um, winning a, another grand final. Um, awesome, awesome club final played out at Hotapu in the, in the wet and the rain and um, Fraser Tech's defence really got them over the line there in the end. But um, So, yeah, look, how we, did you guys go this year for the people that don't know? Yeah, look, we um, our first goal was to make the top eight. Um, so we stay in the premiership when you make the top eight you stay in the premiership um, if you just edge out there's 10 teams in the Waikato comp 9 and 10 playoff um, down in the championship um, and that's the relegation zone um, so our first goal was to make the top eight and we achieved that um, something we were very very proud of and then we reset um, to make the top four and it's something that Tiamuru Sports hasn't done for a, for a long, long time. Um, look, we we just finished fifth. Um, one win out of the top four. So it's something that hasn't been done in over a decade, 10, 12 years, somewhere around there. So, look, um, all it's done is made us hungrier, made our group hungrier um, to work smarter, harder in the off-season and, and come back and look out. Our goal is um, to be a consistent top four side. And with you um, sort of just missing out on that top four, would you consider that a um, yeah like a, a tick for the season? Yeah, d- definitely. Um, look, I'm hard on myself, um, so I know where I want to improve. I know where um, I want to be better, um, and I talk about it a lot. Just um, just giving tools to our players. Um, to you so look it's going to be um we're probably seven seven months away from from the competition but um i've already i've already um with with my coaching group uh we're we're already planning um we're already planning now you know so yeah look um when when we look back it's we believe it's definitely a, a tick um and a step in the right, right direction yeah, sweet. And sort of like, um, obviously you got a couple of assistants there. Who, who's your who's your coaching crew? Yeah, really awesome, really young, really enthusiastic, really passionate um, coaching crew. Um, my um, backs coach and attack coach is Jackson Willison um, from the King Country, um, captain. Uh, Waikato played for the Chiefs, played for the Blues, and um, been up in the UK applying his trade. Uh, my Fords coach, 
really good man. Um, he from Auckland, originally from Auckland, played Samoa twenties, Queensland Reds, um, and then up to France. Uh, played up in France, and then more recently Coca Cola. So um, yeah, so um, Jason Rampling's my forward coach, and, and Jackson Willison um, is um, is my backs coach. So yeah, really, really, um, really proud to um, align myself with with these two. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a real um, good coaching team there. Um, but Woody, what's what sort of your mindset of as a coach? Sorry, Keith. Um, can you repeat that? What sort of your um, mindset as a coach? So, like, what's your mindset going into sort of games, trainings, and all that sort of stuff, and like developing players and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, look, I'm. I'm my mindset is do simple better. So with that, enjoyment is everything for me. Um, being in a safe learning environment. So all of us coaches learning, players learning uh, and, and growing each session. Um, with that, um, giving the best tools um, tools we can each session for our, for our young men to, um, to help grow. Yeah, yeah. What sort of What's something that you've learned about yourself since since uh, you've got into sort of coaching? Yeah, I've learned. <laughs> that's a good question. I've learned. I've learned. A, I've learned a lot in a short space of time. Um, I've learned that that we either win or we learn. You know, I, I don't believe in failing or being or being a failure. Um, I believe in learning, learning, learning. You know, that's I think that's the key to it. Being a sponge, um, listening to good um, around us, and um, look, I'm I'm one of of a of a of a, of a one of three coaches, but I've also got a strong development um, coaching setup um, with me as well. You know, some really good uh, management, a committee that um, fully backs everything um, that we're doing. So that that helps, and um, knowing that you've got the backing of of your whole team, you know, so it's powerful. Yeah, that's good, bro. That's good. Um, yeah, like what's what's something like that you can sort of share, like that's been different going from being a player into being yeah a coach. Like yeah, preparation for games and things like that. I guess. The, look, the, the main difference for me um, between between playing and coaching is a player, you can change the situation. Um, you can change the momentum by putting putting in, you know, back-to-back efforts. Um, you can make a break. You can throw a nice pass. You can, you know, you can really, really man up on defense. You can change, um, you know, you, you can lead from the front and, and all these sort of things and take players with you. I guess um, as a coach, um, it's sort of it's how we um, bring the best out um, of our players. It's how we we care for the. For me, it's about caring for the group. It's about empowering the group, um, and I love creating leaders. So everyone in my my team has a voice. Um, a leader to me is not necessarily someone that's played fifty, a hundred games. Um, 
you know, so it's it's I really I really enjoy um, and I really try and bring the best out um, of our whole group, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's one of your strengths is you personally, you do sort of make pe- people believe in themselves. Like even for you, when you did live in Perth here, like when you had your job, you know, you've done a lot of sales and stuff here and you'd let me um, sort of dr- go around with you and stuff like that. And just the way you spoke and just your mindset and everything, like I sort of picked up on it. And then when I'd question you on things, like your answers, none of them were ever sort of like dumb answers. Like you you would say things to me like, I'm not the smartest man in the world, but I'll just get out there and give it a go. And if I fail, I'll learn. And I remember you telling me things like that. And I would use that uh, yeah. for my own things, for my own sort of coaching and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I think that's one of the big things about you is that you do – sort of inspire and sort of educate other people. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's always, yeah, it's always um, nice to hear feedback and, and, and to know that I've sort of um, played a little bit of a part in, in, in your career, not only um, your work, but your passion as well. So that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, like even for me, like, as you know, like, or for the people that don't know, like, um, 2016 when I first sort of like started working here at RBT like Travis was still over here in Perth and I'd bounce ideas off him and you know if it was a shit idea like he'd tell me straight away um you know if it was good he'd tell me to back myself and all that sort of stuff and then you know as the years went on and I started sort of moving into the SNC role at Netherlands and started doing a bit more coaching there um you know I'd ask Trav for a bit of advice here and then yeah he always helped out. So he's told me this many a times, like he's only a message away. So or a phone call away and yeah, no, nah, it's been good. Um, so with you as a player, who's um, say like five or six guys that you've played with that you could sort of say like, we're sort of the top guys that you've played with. They don't have to be all blacks or anything like that. Just like five or six really good men. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a um, that's a good question. But um, straight away, um, Stephen Setifano would be up there. Um, Nathan Roberts would definitely be up there. Marlon Walker, um, Marlon Walker, he's he's right up there as a as a good man, and um, he's still he's still playing at a, a at a very high level now. Um, um, Leith Johansson, he's another one. Um, Mike Denton. Yeah. Mike Denton, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, guys like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed you didn't put in uh, Mason Pormari. Yeah, I'm going to get in trouble for that one. You're going to get in trouble for that. <laughs> what you did, what you did to put me on the spot with it. With because <laughs> I haven't played for so long, I'm trying to think, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's gonna be disappointed. He's still playing. He played on the weekend. Yeah, Mason Pumadi. He's he's a real quiet achiever and leader, isn't he? So he's a man that speaks with with action, definitely. Yeah. And doesn't say much, but when uh, does his talking on the field, eh? Yeah. To to be honest, I could sit here and rattle off a a, a lot of names. So um, but yeah, Mason is is definitely a guy that um I always cherish. You know, we held up. Um, that 2013 um, 
championship um, side by side. And um, he was a, a big, big reason um, we managed to get over the line there in the end. Um, he wears his heart on his sleeve, as do I. An emotional man. And it comes out in a lot of things we do. So, um, nah, yeah, look, Jake Stevens is another one. Um, a, a lot of these guys I'm naming are, are from relationships and and that that I've um, I've had in in Perth, you know, playing for Netherlands and so yeah, oh wow. Uh, yeah. Nah, that's good, bro. And with your coaching, like I, I know it's obviously hard because you coach so many good players and things like that. But are there are there a few sort of players to look out for in the next couple of years? Yeah, this is a this is a tough one, but there's there is what I will say is um, New Zealand um, New Zealand has so much talent, yeah, um, so much talent, and and in the Waikato at the moment, there's a lot of talent. Like Premier Grade Rugby is getting younger and younger, so you know we're asking these young men that are 17, 18 to perform week in week out. Um, you know, a lot of them are in academies and they're training you know, really vigorous hours, then they've got to go to work and play and, and all these sort of things. But to answer your question, there's a young guy, um, a young hooker um, that's that come out of the Auckland Blues system. He was a head boy at Old Eddie College. Um, he's a young Tongan boy, uh, Manasi Mohuanga, who is, um, he's a hooker for me at Tiamaru Sports. Um, he's, he's in the Waikato Academy. Um, look, I, I, um, I, I'm just looking forward to working a lot more with them over the next couple of years, and and really seeing, um, seeing where this young man goes. Um, another young man that's uh, really, really impressive, just straight, just straight class, straight, um, straight talent. Um, Latrell Smiler, Arkeong, he's out of the Hastings Hastings Boys High, uh, the Arkina setup. Um, a lot of talent and another just raw, raw talent. Um, so we'll keep an eye out for him. Um, in the next couple of years, look, there, there's so many, but those two really, yeah. really. Sweet. What about the little shit, the nephew? How? What do you reckon about him? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, look, he's um he's really, really enjoying the space he's in at the moment at St. Paul's Collegiate. He's um this is his third year. Um I think he's you know, he's been very lucky to um to play. I think he's hit got thirty five caps and if he gets on the field this weekend, if he earns the right to run out this weekend, it'll be thirty six. Um and they've St. Paul's have secured themselves a home semi. So um, look, we've got to get through a tough uh, St. John's Hamilton side um, this weekend, and then prepare for that semi final. But um, yeah, look, he's um, he's really enjoying um, playing, and I think that's the main thing. If you're enjoying the space you're in, and um, you know, that's yeah, that yeah. main thing. How many more years of school has he got? Uh, this is his last last year, so um, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is his last year at school, so we're just looking through a couple of 
different um, avenues for him at the moment. He's really keen to um, to hang around in the in the Waikato at, at the moment um, and um, and play for Tiamaru Sports um, next season. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see where he ends up. Yeah, yeah. Look, if he gets bored, you know, I've got a few floors he can sweep over here, and we can <laughs> probably get him a gig down at Netherlands if if he needs. Uh, he's no good on the broom. Oh, yeah, so just to kind of wrap things up, what's sort of next for you? So I know you've told me some things you don't need to tell us, like your those things, but what's next for you moving forward? Yeah, yeah, look, um I I'm not looking too much further than tell me to sports at the moment. Um look there's there's a few things in the in the pipeline. Um Look, my sole focus and energy is making the top four in 2022, um, providing an environment um, that's a safe learning environment um, for these young men um, and really just creating creating a vibe. Um, I'm massive on community and getting our community um, behind us out in Te Amaru, um, and just really being proud of, of, of what we're putting out on the field um, and enjoying each other's company. And like I said, we're, we're not a club, we're a family out in Tamaru. So um, look, I'm just really excited to work with my coaching group. Um, we've got some exciting plans. Um, been a long time since we've had an under 21 team and we're working and building on that um, at the moment. And, um, and, and we're really, really, um, pushing towards that goal, um, which is Prem 1s and Prem 2s, um, being a consistent um, top four side in the Waikato. That's that's it. That's good, bro. And for, like, this is a question for, like, a couple of the younger guys out there. What's a good excuse to use if you want to sort of miss training or miss something for rugby? Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I... Um, <laughs> I have a chuckle. There's a few out there and I know them all. And I think sometimes these young men think I come down in the last shower. So I've got a couple of one-liners when I see a few text messages that come through at 5.30 on a Tuesday or a Thursday night. Um, I won't be able to repeat them to you, but um, I, I do know most of those those one-liners and they don't impress me. I will say that much. What if someone says to you, I'm in a meeting, and then if you sort of like say pardon and they go, I'm in a fucking meeting, what what, what would you say? <laughs> I would say, well, after that meeting, I'd like you to turn up for a Saturday <laughs> training. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. No, when you used that excuse, I don't know if you were that nice when um, when we asked you pardon. I don't think the reply was that great. Yes. Oh, yep. <laughs> we'll move on. Next question. <laughs> nah, look, you're, you're, I saw something um, in the news the other day and it was saying, um, I think the All Blacks or some team was practicing with uh, one man down playing, like going through their trainings with 14 men. And I think. To me, it shows that you, you're a man well ahead of your time because you used to always say when you're at Netherlands, 14 fucking men. And um, 
yeah, like to see teams like training it now, I think it to me, like, yeah, like I said, you're a man ahead of your time. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't claim any. Um, yeah, I don't know where Fozzie got that one from, the 14 men, but uh, well, I can't he's been, claim he that. spent a bit of time down at training with you this year. So that's why I kind of thought maybe he did pick that up from you. Nah, he's a good Tiamuru man, Fozzie, but um, no, I can't take any credit for for him training with 14 men. But I, what I will say is uh, a couple of years ago, we, we dug pretty deep at Nedlands versus our old uh, old rival, West, and um, we managed to get through a fair chunk of that game and come out on the right side with the victory with 14 effing men. So <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> nah, that's where it's come from. Even on just the Saturday just gone, we went down 14 men and... Um, I yelled it out just to remind the boys. But, yeah, that's not the only sort of thing you've said that's been ahead of your time. Like, even another one of your things, no social media, you know, that was well ahead of you, you know, and guys are only just implementing it now. You were saying it back then, you know. Yeah, well, social media, yeah, in a team environment, it's, uh, look, it's, they're, they're best kept outside the changing sheets. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Nah, that's awesome, bro. Um, but yeah, thanks for jumping on, bro. Been trying to get you on for ages. Um, just really proud of everything that you've achieved, not only in your rugby career um, and off the field, but even with your coaching. Like I know it's only sort of new now, but I could see you going on to bigger and better things eventually. Um, I know you've got some goals and all that, but yeah, like I said, bro, like, just really proud of everything you've achieved. Hey, um, awesome. Hey, awesome being able to be on um, your podcast, Keith. Um, I've known you for a number of years. Um, look, I'm I'm just as proud of you um, and, and your journey. Um, journey as an SNC coach now for a very, very successful club in, in Western Australia. And I'm sure you've got... Um, Sure, you've got some awesome goals that, um, look, we're going to see a lot more of you in the future um, also. So, look, I, I really appreciate the kind words. I appreciate um, coming on your podcast. Um, and, yeah, look, um, I know you guys are coming into um, the business end of your season there in Perth. Uh, and I just wish you uh, nothing but uh, nothing but all the success you deserve, mate. So, um yeah, I'm proud of you too. Thank you. Thanks, Bala. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, that's the podcast. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, tune in next time. Cheers.